I'm Jake Cornell. I'm a comedian in New York City, and for the past 10 years, I've been living and breathing the restaurant industry. This is a show where I'll be talking to comedians, actors, bartenders, chefs, and restaurant owners about all things going out. We'll talk about restaurants, bars, staying in, drinking, not drinking, and whatever else we want. This is Going Out with Jake Cornell. Okay, Katie, we have to enter the episode. Someone forgot. Welcome to another episode of Going Out with Jake Cornell. I'm Jake Cornell, and the person who just in progress. just started this episode <laughs> is my <laughs> producer in front. Wait, this is bad. <laughs> Did it just start recording? I um I record I started recording the Zoom in case we wanted to use the <laughs> Okay. This is a disaster. Welcome to Going Out with Jake Cornell. I'm Jake Cornell, the person who I'm working with right now, my friend and producer, Katie Brown. Hey, guys. Hi. Wait, Katie, I'm sad because I didn't realize the last time we recorded an intro was going to be the last time we were doing an in-person for, like, six weeks. Like, for so long. For so long. I'm going to miss you. Yeah. I'm going to miss you in the studio. Katie is currently in Colorado, and I'm in Brooklyn, and then I fly to, I fly to Scotland tomorrow night. So then tomorrow. we're doing remote all the episodes are already recorded in person, so those will be fine. But we're doing all of the intros remote for like what, like yeah, like six weeks, five or six weeks, which will be nice because I fe- I feel like you'll have a lot of updates for me. Yeah, I'll have like fun things to talk about oh for goodness. sure. Um, <laughs> hopefully, how are you feeling about it though? Are you like stressing about? So I'm actually to- I'm turning the corner where I'm just now more getting excited finally because it's been so stressful the whole time. Like and now I'm like okay, like wait, I'm going to Scotland. Like this is going to be fun. Um, yeah. So I'm, That's awesome. I'm very excited. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm going to do a little dinner tonight and then um, jump on a plane. And I think my friends are – my friends are – two of my really close friends, Holly and Peter, they are married. Um, they happen to be in, going to Scotland for their honeymoon. They got married, like, right before the pandemic, and they're finally going on their honeymoon. And so they're going to come see the show when they're in Scotland. But also we're flying out on the same day. So I'm going to JFK with them. And they're going to use their fancy Amexes to get me into, like, the really nice Delta Lounge. Fancy. And I was like, let's go at 11 a.m. And they were like, the flight, let's go at 4 p.m. The flights are at 9. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, I was like, I'll spend all day in the lounge. The fancy cocktails in the lounge and, like, see what that's all about. Yeah, I would love. So that's sort of where we're at. Um, I'm very excited. <laughs> I have not started packing literally at all. Not even a single thing. Okay, I do have this thing with packing where people make it seem like packing takes a lot longer. Oh my god, my mom has already asked me like three times, like, when are you gonna start packing? And I'm like, not yet. Like, I don't want to live out of like boxes or like in this case, it would be bags. But like, I just pack. Yeah, make make it sound like when you're packing for a trip, you have to have packed like days in advance. Like, they act like it takes way longer than it does. It's like I have all my shit. I just put it in a bag. A hundred percent. And then it's also like people keep on being like, wow, you're leaving for a month. Like you're going to have to pack so much. And I'm like, do you guys think I'm going to – I don't understand. It's very strange to me. I'm like, do you think There's I'm going to wear a different thing? Every, There's laundry there. Like what are we talking about? Like I'm going to wear – I'm going to wash clothes. Like I'm not packing that much than if I left for a week. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. It's like I need like what? Th- two, three pairs of pants. Like – some shirts. It's going to be cold there. I'm not even going to need shorts. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like in my mind, I'm like, I pack like a few pairs of pants, 
bunch of shirts and then like every pair of underwear I own for some reason. No, underwear and socks is hard. And I, I do have to be mindful because I can't like take everything. Like normally I would just like take everything and Nate, but Nate also has to live here for a month. So I have to be sort of mindful of that. I might just buy more stuff over there. Wait, do you guys share a closet? Like you guys share all your clothes? Um, We, so like our underwear sock drawer is kind of fully communal because we just share That's- all of that. And then- the t-shirt drawers, the t-shirt drawers is largely communal, but there is sort of a general idea of like, I think we both know like who technically owns what, but we kind of mostly wear each other's stuff. There are certain things that like I know that Nate really likes. So if I want to wear it, I will like ask permission. And then there's stuff I know I'm just like totally allowed to wear. Um, and then there's certain stuff that just doesn't fit each other. Like I have some clothes that looks way too baggy on him just because I'm like a larger man than him. Um, and some of his stuff is too small for me. But most of us, most of the stuff we share. I feel like that's really nice. Like I feel like it's in a huge perk. It's a huge perk. It's a huge perk. Like in straight couples, it's it's really one way. Like I wear his clothes, but like it's not like he's borrowing my shit. A hundred percent. No, it's a huge perk, and I really am thankful for it. If we were the same shoe size, the game would be so changed. It's insane. I okay. In college, I lived with a bunch of girls, and one of the girls wore the same size shoes as me. Heaven. And. It, tiny feet so it's not like oh i'm like just can borrow anyone's shoes yeah you're not like a size nine or whatever no i'm like i wear like children's four (laughs) (laughs) but anyway i was like when i was living with her i had like double the amount of shoes and then when we left college and didn't stop living together that's so tough did so much stuff because i was just like leaning on her closet for so long yeah, that's like really tough. I had a group of friends. I had a group of girlfriends in college that all lived together. And I, there was like, I could tell there was like a lot of tension over shared clothing. Like if someone like dry, like didn't dry clean something, you're supposed to dry clean and like just washed it. I was like, oh wow, like there's drama here. Drama. It's very drama. Um, oh have you been going out in Colorado at all? Um, when I'm here, it's like I'm actually living my like healthiest potential, like possible life. <laughs> it's, it's me, my parents, and Blake is here as well. And like basic, we were saying, we, we were actually just saying last night, Blake and I were like, this is like the healthiest eating, sleep schedule, like not really drinking, just like playing <laughs> bed by like 1030. Like it's really, really tame. But one thing I will say is I made my dad go to the dispensary with me yesterday. Incredible. And he was so uncomfortable the whole time. Do your parents like, not smoke weed? I say that like, like mine do and mine full full tilt don't. So my my mom will. Like yeah. on her way to dinner last night, I was like, Do you want to hit my pen? Cause like it'll make the food taste really dope. And he, she was like, sure. Nice. But and I don't think she told my dad that. Um, but my dad is like very like old school, like thinks like weed is like bad. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but he's trying to be cool because like he lives in Colorado, it's legal here, like I'm asking him to go legally buy it with me. So it's like he was just standing there like feeling like very uncomfortable <laughs> while I was like talking to the guy about like different strains. And he was just like – when we left, he was like, that guy was very knowledgeable. It seems like maybe he's tested them out all of them. So like, <laughs> it's like, really yeah. – <laughs> it is like going to dispensaries is one of those things where I'm like this is more information than I personally need. You know what I mean? I like I don't – Yeah. Like just give me like the little stick – well, you know um, that I prefer literally the weakest weed that is known to man. Like, I literally want something that is, like, basically – like, the stuff I buy, like, the weed I – my favorite weed is legal in, I think, all 50 states because it's so weak. It's, like, not considered marijuana. But I, like, <laughs> literally love it. I need to bring you back these mints that I bought for my Are mom. Are they, like, one milligram? It's one milligram THC and, like, 25 CBD. That's, like, so it's just dream. Really- 
I think you would love it. <laughs> I know. I truly love like the weakest weed in the world. It's amazing. Yeah. I like I like it's really like mom slash dad weed. Like I think that's exactly that's the what brand it's- I love, Dad Grass. That's literally what it's called. Dad it's called Dad Grass. It's exactly what the dads would want. I get my mom like when I when I go there, I get her th- those like they're like these really fancy looking mints, and they're just like a little bit of THC in them. And then they have THC bath bombs here, and basically, I don't know that I love that. <laughs> it's weird. Like you would think it's just like they have to THC everything. Like at this point, they're just like fuck it. Like, let's put like a cinnamon roll with like THC. Like they literally have like something, they have like literally everything with it, but the bath bombs get you fucked and you don't realize it. Cause you're just like in the bath and then you stand up after the bath and you're like, Oh, I am so mm-hmm. hot. Well, I didn't realize I'm like, I, this is one of those things that like I learned like later in life that like I felt really stupid when I realized like I used to think like, like all those like things you're supposed to like put in the bath that are like good for you, like that you're supposed to like, are, like Epsom salts or like the different like people like say to put like certain oils and stuff in a bath. Like I didn't realize that like the mode by which that's like being absorbed in your body is it's like going up your holes like it's going like up your ass like it's not like going through like the skin of your legs like it's like going in do you know what I mean like I did not realize that like that's how it's getting into your like that's how the weed's getting into you and it's like of course that's like so strong you're ruining my bathroom (laughs) but no but do you do you know like did you think it was like going through your knees (laughs) I never thought about it I never thought it was going through my holes but it is (laughs) <laughs> you're like blushing so hard because you didn't realize that you essentially just like admitted to doing like a weed version of a vodka tampon on like a podcast <laughs> I, I, I like i like butt chugged some weed butt chugged but it is, like, funny. It's, like, one of those brand people are like, I took, like, a bath and put this in it. And I'm, like, you put that up your holes. Like, that's what a bath does. Like, you now have, like, lavender essential oil, oil butter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's okay, true. I'm showered from now on. Um. <laughs> Ooh, Topo Chico. Wait, I'm so jealous. I went – okay, this is actually – this is, like, one of the more Colorado things that's ever happened to me. I went to the grocery store and I was buying a big case of these Topo Chicos and this old man with a cowboy hat comes by in his cart full, like overflowing with boxes of Topo Chicos. And he's like, get it while you can. (laughs) Oh my God. He was like, is there a shortage or like what? I can't find these anywhere. I was like, you can find these literally everywhere. No, do you know what it actually probably is? Like, I wonder is like Topo Chico is like from Texas, I think. And so maybe, and it's like, I think it's been there forever. And like Topo Chico just blew up in New York in the past like four years. So it's like, I wonder if other places that have just like always had like abundant Topo Chico are now like they're shipping it up to the damn Yankees. You know what I mean? Like, it's like maybe harder to get Topo Chico in these places. Do you know what I mean? But like, it seemed like the grocery store had plenty for everyone. And he was like, he reminded me of like the people like during COVID that were like buying like every paper towel that the store <laughs> had. Like he was really stocking up on these Topo Chico's. And I, I was like, damn, okay. Like, I guess I will buy this while I can. Cause I guess this guy's going to all the different stores in town. Did you buying- hoard for the pandemic? Was that a thing you did? No. Okay. Yeah. Me neither. It was college. I bought like one big thing of toilet paper and I bought like some cans of beans that I think I still have. And that's like it. Like, I will say that we had, like, a game plan. We were like, okay, if we can't get toilet toilet paper, we will just take more showers. (laughs) That's really gross. 
but we were like, what do we do? Like, yeah. I'm not going to be that goes and buys like every toilet paper roll in the the store. Like, I hate those people. No, those people suck. Hoarders suck. Not like if you're sick. I mean, like people who like hoard in crisis because they were like, fuck it, every man for himself. I'm like, that is like, you're the reason that humanity's dying. We were those people. I did buy like, I panic bought like a couple like um, cans of beans. Yeah. I can't tell you when I've ever eaten beans really like at home. I do eat a lot of beans at home, but not the ones I bought for the pandemic. Those are beans I've never touched in my entire life. (laughs) I bought canned beets, which is also, I've never eaten those. Yeah, it's like two days into it, the bagel shop opened back up and they were like, okay, curbside. I was like, okay, great. I'm just going to buy it. Like, I don't need to like stock up on like frozen meals. Speaking of bagels, someone texted me who listened to last week's episode and said (laughs) that they think the reason they were like, actually, it might not be the barley in bagels. It might be that there's something about the fact that they're boiled that like changes the proteins into a way that makes them really hard to digest for some people. So it might be the fact that it's boiled that I can't eat bagels. But I oh my God. but I feel like that would mean I wouldn't be able to eat like pierogies or like boiled dumplings and I can eat those. Huh. My mom said I, she also can't eat barley. So maybe it is a barley thing. Maybe it's barley. Honestly, like barley's not that great. I still think... I still think that Bialis are superior anyway. So, like, I don't think you're missing out that much. Well, it's also, okay, like, this isn't, like, a nut allergy where I'm, like, I don't know what a bagel tastes like. Like, I put in, like, 28 years of bagels. Like, I ate bagels. I know what's going on. I'm not, like, and if I was, like, literally in a depressive hole to the point where it was, like, I need a bagel, which I just don't even think that would be, like, the thing that would get me out. Like, I would go eat the bagel and have, like, a really bad stomach ache. Yes, Yes. I mean, to be fair, like, I feel like I, I feel like everyone probably has like some intolerances to foods that they just ignore. Like probably. I'm lactose intolerant, but like, I'm going to get a Mr. Softy cone every time I pass the truck. I literally got one yesterday. I literally got one yesterday. I had the craziest. So like I've been, whenever I come to the studio to record, I tend to, cause like where the studio is doesn't really like, it's kind of weird for me train wise because if I walk like I, I live off the AC and it's kind of like weird and I like hate. It's not that convenient. No, it's not. Like, it's like fine. For some reason, I don't mind. I'll do the A to the F there. For some reason, taking the F to the A back is like repulsive to me. And so I always end up walking from the studio down to either 14th Street or West 4th and getting the train there. And I get myself a sweet treat every single time. And I think the – and the <laughs> sweet it's but it's it's one of two things. It's either a Mr. Softy cone or if I if there's because the thing about Mr. Softy, you can't control where the trucks are. You know what I mean? You have the spots where they're likely to be, but like you can't guarantee it. And Which then is it's, kind of what's great about it. Yeah, that's like what keeps it special. And then if I if there's a dearth of Mr. Softy, I will go to Culture on Eighth Street, which is like my favorite frozen yogurt place. Yeah. But I was like, when I left the studio, it was yesterday, the day before, I was like, fuck, I really just like hope there's a Mr. Softy. I'm like in the mood for that over culture. Like I'll eat the culture if I need to eat the culture. But like I do. Also, it's half the price. Like Mr. Softy is like literally half the price of culture. It's not like fancy frozen yogurt. And I my normal Mr. Softy order is as follows. A chocolate vanilla twist with, shink- with chocolate sprinkles. Chocolate vanilla twist with chocolate sprinkles. Like that's what I want. Sometimes yeah. every once in a while, I'm not in the mood for sprinkles and I'll just do plain chocolate vanilla twist. Like, okay, fine. I go and the guy goes, I go up to this one truck and it wasn't Mr. Softy. It's that one. It's like, you know how there's like the different brands of ice cream trucks in New York. There's like Mr. Softy. There's like New York ice cream company. That's like the purple one. Yeah. There's one that's like a brand I've literally never heard of in my life, except for like these two. Every once in a while I see it and I'm like, what are you? And it's like the ice cream truck. That's like all pink. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
No. Okay. Like I'm like really thing. dubious of it. And so I'm like, all right, do you know what? I'm going to like do it because I want I, this. Is, I want ice cream truck soft serve. Like that's what I want. I go up and I'm like, hey, can I get a chocolate vanilla twist? And he goes, no twist, either chocolate or vanilla. Like I have both, but I can't twist them. And I was like, okay. And I was so like thrown by that, that I was like, never mind. And then I like started walking away and I was like, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to get a chocolate. Like it's like, I can't like, not everything has to be perfect all the time. And then I go up. <laughs> It's really big of you. And then I go up and I'm like, can I just get a chocolate actually? And then like he was like, actually the chocolate's too melted. I can't do it. And I was like, what's going on? You need to take this truck somewhere. Like that's not. What? I know. And it wasn't even like, I know that we just had a heat wave, but this wasn't one of the crazy hot days. This was like a cooler day after. So I ended up walking and then I did end up finding a good ass normal Mr. Softy. And it was Mr. Softy brand in Union Square. Because Union Square, you can usually make something happen in terms of an ice cream truck. And I got my Mr. Softy and it was great. That's perfect. I I had the best encounter with a Mr. Softy truck. It was, like, it was a time where I really wasn't looking for it, but I was walking home. I, w- I went out on a Thursday, which like, I usually don't go that hard on a Thursday, but like I did for whatever reason, like last week. I love that. And yeah. And I was walking home with my friend Maddie and we see the ice cream truck and we're both like, we need the ice cream. It was like two in the morning. I was like, wow, you don't normally catch them that late. That's exciting. I couldn't believe that they were still there. So we both got the ice creams, but it was one of those days where like when you're, as soon as you step outside, you melt. So So we didn't think like our ice, our hands when we got home, like we were like the, you know, like little kids when they eat ice cream. Yeah. Like whole like arm was just covered in chocolate, but I was the happiest. (laughs) I feel like a little preschooler. Like I was like with my little dress and my ice cream and I made a huge mess. I know. It's like truly my favorite thing. It's like one of my favorite things. I'm actually hoping I encounter one today because I'm not going <laughs> to get one tomorrow and then I'm gone for a month. And they're probably not going to be out. In a, are, do we, they'll, they'll still be out in September. I'll be able to get some. Yeah. 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 Okay. I wonder what kind of sweet treats you'll be able to find in Edinburgh. They lean more. I feel like they still have like never ice cream and stuff and like. Desserts. I feel like I don't, I never, like when I lived over there, I don't think I ever, I mean, I granted I wasn't in Scotland, but I feel like it's similar. I don't think I've ever encountered like an ice cream truck. And I don't know that I've even encountered that much soft serve, but maybe I'm just, I don't think I went out for that much ice cream. I also will say, I'm like, I've talked about it before. Like my stomach when I go over there is just an absolute fucking disaster. So I might have to go lighter on dairy. Dairy does not bother me at all over here. I get over there and I'm like, I don't feel good. So like actually from a cow there. Yeah, I live off chemicals here um, and process whatever. Yeah. My body is, like, designed to, like, not – just, like, literally process the most processing in the world. It's, like, a raw material. It's, like, I don't know what to do with this. Oh, 100%. Uh, when I was vegan, like, I found out, like, so many different things that you wouldn't expect to be vegan were vegan just because they're, like, so processed. They're oh, yeah, like Oreo. Like, famously Oreos. I feel like that's, like, the annoying fun fact. that like, Did you know Oreos are vegan? It's, like, yeah, we all know they're vegan now. Yeah, but, like, I feel like there were just other, like, crazy, weird, like, dessert things. Like, did you know that the, like, apple pie at McDonald's is vegan? No, that is actually – I thought about it for a second, and that is surprising to me that there's not even, like, a scotch of dairy in the crust. No, not – I mean, at least, like, from what I remember, I used to get those a lot when people would go to McDonald's late night. I would get those and the fries. Wow. <laughs> really interesting mixture. Ooh. A McDonald's ice cream cone. We know I love it. I could do that too. I actually have a lot of work to do, so I shouldn't leave the house until it's done. And then I'll finish my work and then I'll go get a sweet treat. Wow. Okay. Solve the day. Self-care. I love it. And then you can go pack. Yes. And then we can go pack. Okay. 
this episode, we're going to get into it. This, this, our guest is one of my favorite people. I mean this truly. I genuinely think this person is one of the funniest people in New York City. They make me laugh so hard. They have a show every other Monday um, at Come On Everybody called Honeydew. They um, also do like a bunch of other stuff all over New York. Follow them on Instagram. Truly, like I cannot recommend seeing them live enough. They make me burst with laughter. They're one of my favorite people. So please enjoy me going out with Honey Pluton. shit but i was like if we had been talking shit it would have like been so bad and it was like career over <laughs> personal lot like yeah there's nothing worse than like I, there was one other time i still get anxiety when i think about this I, where um we were doing a remote recording for an episode okay and the video they hung up on the zoom call but i didn't realize they were still on the audio recording so like they could hear everything and thank God, I was like, oh my God, they were so fun. That was so great. Can and then, you imagine? And then she was like, thanks so much for having me. And I was like, oh. I because like, if I had been like, oh my, because just like the thought of like, it's like, do you know when you like, just like realize that there was an opportunity for something really bad to have happened right. in that way where it's like, I could have been caught being a really bad person. Well, my girlfriend recently did the most cardinal sin, which is that she screenshotted a conversation she was having with <laughs> someone to send to me and send it to that person. That's literally- And I literally fainted and threw up. I was like, that's, I like, I don't want, I do not accept what just happened. Yeah. I don't claim that. <laughs> I do not claim that. Don't tell me that you did that. Like, no, don't. No, I return back to sender. I don't want that in my energetic <laughs> did force they field. Did they, did they like- well, she was like, okay, this just happened. I was going to send it to Honey because we were going to, like, discuss how <laughs> this behavior is actually a pattern of yours that we've talked about before. Like, she really, like, oh, lesbified wow, it. Oh. <laughs> Where she, she was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? She was like, I have to do everything in my lesbian power to yes, fix this. absolutely. Where she was just like, I did this, but it's actually because your behavior is so problematic that I had to talk about it with someone else. So it's it's gaslighting, but lesbian. Exactly. <laughs> It's, it's the way that your therapist gaslights you. You know what I mean? I'm just like psychoanalyzing why I'm being such a cunt. The, ter the term gaslighting is over. We can't use it anymore because at no, this point- No, because we all do it to each other. No, because and at this point, I'm like, it's all gaslighting. Absolutely. Like, we're all just trying to perceive reality and c connect with other people about it and mm -hmm. convincing them that they're seeing the same reality as, as us. But saying, that, that isn't actually possible. Saying the saying good morning is gaslighting. It absolutely is. Because to Say who? To who? To who? And You're for projecting why? that on me. Absolutely. There is no subjective reality. No, there's no, no objective reality. Yes. So everything is gaslighting. <laughs> duh. The ketamine therapy is working. Clearly. Yes. Yes. I'm ready. They they really. I believe in ketamine therapy, and I believe in ketamine. They mm. should not have publicly told the gays that ketamine therapy was a thing being done professionally, because now I'm sort of seeing bathroom ketamine therapy. Absolutely. Literally. And it's I, like call this number. <laughs> I will help you work through your daddy issues. <laughs> Just Venmo me $45 an hour. That'd yeah. be great. Thank you. Also, on my way here, I, we'll start the interview in a second. But no, this, this is, is like, it. We're doing Okay, great. This is just, okay, my walk here from Union Square to, this is also where my therapist is. He's You're doing like, in person. Yeah, he's on 19th between 5th and 6th. So I'm like around here often. But another phenomenon that happens in this part of Manhattan especially is that there's always a lot of people waiting in line. Oh, yes. And I always ask, what are you, what are you waiting, waiting in line, line for? for? Because I think that waiting in line is like a cardinal sin. I would rather be actually 
shot than have anyone see me waiting in line for something. Being that publicly vulnerable to capitalism's like so, throws is so embarrassing. The two can I tell you the two times it's happened to me that have been the darkest? Please. I literally think about these all the time and they're haunting to me. One time I walked up to, it was also at night. Like it was, I was like leaving work and it was when I bartended in Times Square, cursed. Oh my and God, trauma. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll That's talk about so it. That's so traumatic. Mm, okay. So I leave work and there is a line down and around a block and it's like, it's like 1 a.m. So I'm like, oh, this is for what's happening in the morning. Okay. Like this is that early. You know right. what I mean? And I go, I walk up to this woman in line and I'm like, hey, what are you guys in line for? Just because like I need to know. I need to know. She looks at me like I have literally asked her what air is. Like literally looks at me like I'm an idiot. And she's like, tomorrow morning the Balenciaga collection drops at H&M. No. <laughs> no. And I was like. <laughs> that is and so I thought, eerie. And I thought. That would be the worst it ever got. But and then, literally, like two, three months, like maybe like two months ago, I'm in the West Village at my favorite frozen yogurt place, Culture on Eighth. Okay, I'm going there after we're done. Go, no, actually, I'm I actually, actually frequently after, after I record here, I'm walk down going, and get it. I'm you have to. Going. It's so good. Do you get to choose your toppings? Yes, but because, not. It's not a sort of like bukkake gangbang of toppings. It's like you're paying per topping. But the most like. The cis woman inside of me screams every time <laughs> I enter a frozen yogurt emporium. Like, oh, I go same. ham. I go ham. I'm like mochi balls, like white chocolate <laughs> sprinkies. Like, I get excited. No. Continue. They also do something, part of why they're so amazing is they do this thing when they you tell them your toppings before they pour the ice cream and they oh. put a layer of it in the bottom of the cup and then the froyo goes in. Okay, literally, like, I just started, like, ovulating. Like, <laughs> so I good. need that. So, okay, wait. So, I'm in the West Village. Okay. I'm in the West Village at my favorite frozen yogurt place. I get my frozen yogurt I look outside there's a line all the way down 8th street okay and I'm like what's this like what is this and then I walk up and I'm like what is this line for and this woman goes there's a vending machine at the end of the block that's giving away free kind bars that broke me and that broke me and that broke me and I was like I was like you all have the that same vaccine me. side effects like that what is me. this that broke me okay wait wait remind me kind bars are the ones that are like rectangles uh, well, yeah, that's all bars. No, no, but okay. like, <laughs> but like they're, they're, they're like very like thin rectangles, yeah. and they're and, and they're like oats and chocolate chips, like kind of rolled they're together. They're a Kudos rebrand. Do you remember Kudos from okay, the nineties? Kudos were good okay. as fuck. It's like the healthy reboot of Kudos. Like there's no M and M's, but there's, there's chocolate. Like a, there's like a drizzled chocolate, and you'll see like a whole almond with like a glaze. And it's like on it. bound together by like epoxy. Yeah, epoxy. Yes. Yes. they have epoxy. <laughs> epoxy in them, and you take a bite, and like my cavity like comes ripped, oh. like unhinged. <laughs> they crown remove. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So there, I was like, also, they cost $2. There, you can buy one. You I'm can like, buy one. I'm like, this line you is going to take one. an hour. Go and to a CVS. Value your, like, value your time in this life enough right. to pay for the Kind Bar and not get it from the free vending machine. I think this is also, I have RX Bar and Kind Bar trauma from being, like, a young adult anarchist where that's just all you could, like, subside on when, like, hey, do you, do you know that okay, I lived in Seattle in 2020. Did you hear about, like, Chop or Chaz around here, which was, like, the autonomous anarchist zone that happened during the uprising where people just kind of, like, squatted and, like, lived in this four-block radius and just kind of, like, existed on kind bar drops that people would, like, steal from the grocery Did you live store? There? I didn't live there, but I would, like, spend time there and, like, work there and, like, protest there. But now a kind bar just reminds me of being, like, tear gassed. <laughs> <laughs> and hearing, like, the 
bombs go off. So now I'm like, we don't <laughs> exist in this reality anymore. I need to have anything else. Yeah. A uh, Nutri-Grain bar, anything. I are those put, the ones with the little jam filling? Because no. those are dope. What are those? Yo, no, th sorry. Those are Nutri-Grain. Nutri and then I was thinking of Nature Valley, which are the crumbles. Nature Valley are the ones where it's like you went to the beach. Without like it's like it lingers with you forever, and that you have a yeast infection. Yes, yes, yes. You it's would, rolling around inside of you forever. Yes, yes. They were like you would when you ate them at school. You found them in your like pants when you take your pants off. At the end of the <laughs> like that was literally a, that was a Nature Valley. It's like why I have so many ingrown hairs because they're just like <laughs> it's like not the right kind of exfoliation. It's not. It's, it's an improper. It's exfoliation. an improper exfoliation as like me eating a Nature Valley bar once when I was in seventh grade. Like fuck my life. You're like 45 and your dermatologist looks and is like you had a Nature Valley bar. You had a Nature Valley bar. I'm ready for like the Doctor Oz study on that. Yeah. Please. Okay. Wait. So you were before we started recording, you were saying that you've already started squeezing all the serotonin out of your brain from mm -hmm. Pride events. I have. Let's talk about. Are you going to like like oh right going like, out this is about going out <laughs> in theory but we literally can talk about whatever we want totally but like what no we should talk about <laughs> I feel like I always say that and I'm like I feel like Ryan Pierce probably like please no, stay on topic actually <laughs> going out um, that's the verb it's truly the name of the show right um <laughs> have you been doing like when you're doing pride events are you doing is it like are we looking at like a dyke march moment are we looking at like lesbian bar like mm. where is your sort of journey on that? I love a dyke march mm -hmm. I love the Dyke March, especially the one here. I think the theme this year is black trans lesbians or trans lesbians in general, which is sick. And I love that. I love like a radical Dyke March. I cry every time I do one because I'm even getting goosebumps talking about it. Like genuinely, this is why I love pride and I refuse to become like a pride naysayer or someone who's jaded about pride. Like no. we have to love pride. And when I do a dyke march and I'm standing in like unity with all of these lesbians that I know and don't know, and we're all like chanting the same thing. And then there's the old ass dykes in the beginning of the march on their bicycles. Like it like <laughs> literally brings me goosebumps. And I'm like, when the tower falls, I'll have these people who have this like alignment of values and of morals and of what, what they want this world to see. And like, that really is the serotonin reboot and like the dopamine reset where I'm like, okay, we really do have each other. Yeah. I'm always fucking working during Dyke March and I was this year too, but in historically I've always done a Dyke March, but this year, like going to the club, going to the rave, yeah. taking a little pressed pill <laughs> and just like becoming um, a, I just want to like become ether, you know, yeah. I just want to become gas and yeah. not have a corporeal form for 36 hours. Yeah. And then my show, Honeydew, is the Monday after Pride weekend. So I'm going to um. have like one dilated pupil. I'm I'm going to be like in sunglasses, like in a British accent. Full like <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. Wait, this is an endorsement of the show though, guys. If you live in New York City, Honey's show, Honeydew, which is every other Monday at Come On, yes. right? It's at Come On Everybody, which is one of the best venues. It's amazing so gay fun. bar. It, amazing gay bar, amazing venue in Bed-Stuy. Honey's show is so fucking fun. Thank I did you. it. And I like I say that as someone who watched it and then was on it. Incredible. Thank you. You do such a good job. I love it. You're, I love show. I love putting on show. You're someone who truly, and when you did your show, this is the point of this interview is not to gas you up, but I'm gonna do it. Like, you are someone like after your show, when you were like not around, like everyone was talking about, like, oh, honey is truly like meant to be on stage. Like, it is like, naturally, I love show. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. what you were like. 
it was what you were put here for. Genuinely. And that, I mean, and that just, Jake, you know, to really have podcast speak, that really goes back to when I was 12 years old. You know what I mean? The first time I knew I could do improv, like genuinely, like knowing that I could be on stage allowed me to not flunk high school. Wow. I was like, I need to at least have a C so I can keep doing high school improv. Because that's I the envy- only thing keeping me going. See, so I envy you right now because I, and I've like, uh, I've like, discerned this about you before but like are you you if you feel to me like someone who like by age nine was like if I don't give a shit about it I don't give a shit about it like, yes. I don't give a shit about school so I'm not gonna give a shit Absolutely. about school and I actually am so envious of that oh why so, because how I, was that true for you because it wasn't true for okay, me because got it was, like, it. I was like obsessed with like not obsessed. I just was like, oh, I I was obsessed with the idea of living in uh, like, and I still. Ooh, now we're getting into therapy, but it's like, please. I'm live. I very much am someone who lives in fear of regretting something. Okay. So I'm constantly like, I don't want to regret that. I like, I don't want to close any doors. So it's oh, like, I'm very like, I'm very like conflict averse because I don't want to close a door with anyone. I'm right. very like. I'm very like I want to like keep good grades so that door's still open to me. Like I was just so afraid of like doing anything that like will permanently close scarcity, the door. For me. Scarcity, 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 scarcity. And so it's like I was like I need to have good grades. I need to do like and and so but what that actually meant for most of my life, I think this is actually maybe too harsh, but I think it, it like in practice it was kind of this. It's like I was kind of doing like it, my, I wasn't doing my A plus on anything. I was doing my B plus on what was important and then like a C plus to B minus on like what I thought might be important at some point in time. Totally. So it's like what, like going to college and then like knowing I don't want to do what I'm in college for and that I don't need a college degree for what I want to do, but finishing college just to be safe. Like right. those things like not. And but I that's envy- also just being gay. I just think that like as gay people, we like really, I think it's also too where, you know, we all want to be like, we're we're in this like post post homophobia future, which is literally untrue. And every time I talk to gay performers, especially, we have that scarcity. And I have that a lot with like my fans. Like I take people like crossing my boundaries a lot because I'm like, if you go away, then there's no one. Yeah. If these people go away, then Whoa. there's no one. And like we really do have that because we told that we're told that we're like too niche and too rarefied. And you know, we don't actually take comedy or performance seriously because if we do, then we wouldn't be talking about being gay or being trans. You know what I mean? Yes, 100%. So I just think that it really is just like the latent homophobia that like seeps into our pores that makes us believe that we have to be available to everyone all the time in order to gain the same opportunities as like a straight person. So are you saying that you felt that way but then actively push against it to be, I really respect, so like that, maybe what I actually, not envy because I'm not like covetous of you, but like like in a more positive way, like what I really admire in you is like, to feel that and then still be like, no, but I'm not going to do it. Right. Very but even impressive. today I had this like person in my DMs like ask for a TikTok. I put it in my story and then like dead name me and then apologize, like did it in a way that wasn't genuinely apologetic. And I was like, I should just block this person so they no longer have access to me because they're already like asking me for more than I Oh, a complete stranger. Yep. But then I have this like anxiety being like, well, you, you're only going to have so many fans in your life. You're only going to have so much support because you're a fucking freak and you're this like, you know, transgender freak show. So you should keep people on board on your train, even if they push your boundaries. Yeah. That makes total sense. It's eerie. It's so And hard. that's why here on Vine Pair. <laughs> 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 and that's why here on Vine Pair we're talking about going out. Yeah, that's why we're talking about partying. partying. No, but it is like, it is so real that it's like you can't, 
see, I hadn't even realized how much until you said it. It is tied up in like queerness, but it it's really like, is. It's like I'm so a. F- it's also funny because it's like, it's like there's two ends of the spectrum where it's like I don't want to be, I don't want to like lose it all by totally, like setting yeah. those boundaries. But I also don't want to play into it where I'm being like fanned over as like a caricature of who I actually yes, am. Yes. Do you know what I mean? You have totality. Yes. You're a full fucking person. Yes. We are full people. Oh my God. But then it like spins out. We like eat, can't even get into this too much because we will talk for like three hours on it and like it will be ketamine therapy. But it's like, <laughs> but it is like. <laughs> no, but, but it's it hard like, being it's, a personality. Because it's like, it's hard because it's like, well, it's one, it's like, it's like, I'm a personality, but I don't want to be a person. Like I'm, uh, like we're writers, we're actors, we're comedians. Yes. Like I don't want to be like, like no shit. Like I don't. I often think people with big personalities, like you and me, people are like, I don't want to hear from them as an actor. I don't want to hear from them as a writer. I want them to like sell me shit on QVC. Right? Do you know what I mean? Like we're personalities, Absolutely. and I'm like, because I but can the ha- thing is, we would be so good at that. I would. We kill. would be so good at that. <laughs> I would be so good selling that like cuticle cheese grater. Yeah. Oh. Like I could talk about that for hours. <laughs> the pet egg. The pet egg. Like unfortunately, <laughs> I could sell a pet egg at four in the morning and people would buy it. Yeah. But there's more to me. There's more. There's more. Well, that's the thing. It's like you can have a big personality and skills. Yes. Wholeheartedly. And that's I think the issue. And so it's like to it, be a big personality is a skill. And also, yes. It is. Well, that's the thing. That right. is the thing. And but people don't take us seriously because we're gay. Nope. Literally. 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 And like, and like when you're when you're showing your personality, because we both have like a big personality that can be like funny and entertaining. Like when you're showing that, then people want want your totality. And totally. It's like, no, but like, hey, like I actually don't like I'm reserved. I can't give you all of me. Yeah. That's for me. Yes. And for my beloveds that I have like consensual chosen relationship with. Also, like the idea of like turning my asshole inside out and showing you my entire existence for like consumption online. I is would, like I, I can't. No, it I, would kill I, me. It would kill me. It would me. literally kill me. It would f- microwave my brain from the inside out and it would be over. No, and I only microwave my brain on purpose when I well, choose for Pride Weekend. To do Pride Weekend every year <laughs> or Halloween. Or Mardi Gras. I was yeah. wait. This ties into what I was just about to ask, Please. which is like the level that we're going right now. Where does that compare for you to standard? How do you mean? Yeah, I phrased that question in a psychotic way. How do you mean, Jake? Is this? Are you a? Are you going hard often, or is this more concentrated right now? Fascinating. Okay, I love to cut a rug. Yeah, I love to dance. Yeah, I je- I like going out to the club, and I love techno, house, garage, drum and bass. That's kind of where, that's what I was raised on. I was a Chicago club kid who was going to raves and soccer stadiums and abandoned dentist offices and taking Molly or doing blow or doing some ketamine and just How like, young were you when this started? Like 15, 16. Last. Yes. So I was time. like sneaking out, telling my parents I was sleeping at Alex Carlin's house and really he his rich ass was like buying us Ubers or cabs at that point to the city to like rave. And yeah. I would like meet people there and those were my little friends. And then you would like call a phone number and it would tell you where to show up at two in the morning somewhere on like the west side of Chicago. Okay, incredible. So that's just like what I was always doing. And my friends were DJs and my friends were punks. So I've always just had this like real like revelatory experience where I'm 
dedicating my time to dancing, getting high, getting lost in the music, working some shit out so that I can be like spat out at the beginning of the week, like refreshed and renewed. Yeah. And, and it really is like super ceremonial to me. It's like have these moments with dance music, with my friends, with drugs if I choose to do that. But sometimes it's also just like a fucking white label mate and a shot of tequila. Yep. You know, and that's really all that I need. And, you know, the people that I meet there and the conversations that I have and it all just feels really sacred. But four times a year, I like to do Molly. Some people like doing doing it a little more often, just take a little bit. Four times a year, I like to go to, you know, Liza Minnelli levels of like <laughs> fucked up. Like four times a year, I like going to Axl Rose, Charlie Sheen, <laughs> where like I am in I, I am post-verbal. I am incoherent. I have sunglasses on, and if I take them off, there's no difference between if my eyes are open or closed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing that four times a year in a safer space with some friends where I'm just kind of like layering my, the drugs that I'm doing. The last time I did that was on Halloween where I went to the nowadays Halloween party that goes from like 11 at night to um, 9 p.m. the next day. And I'm doing Molly and I'm doing ketamine and I'm fully hallucinating, getting so high. The DJ looks like there is stretched latex in front of him. And that, <laughs> so all I'm kind of seeing is his face kind of like, you know that like American horror story? It's so funny that you're saying this because I'm picturing it and it's like, I know what you were seeing yes. was his shadow through the clouds right. of fog. But exactly. then that looked like- Latex. Yeah, you know, it looks like you're specifically talking about the poster for American Story Asylum. That's American literally what I'm talking Asylum. about. That's, <laughs> I'm like, for the homosexual millennial listeners at home, that's what it looked like. You look back and Honey is dressed as like the nun. And then my friend turns to me. Well, I was like, hey, do you want to have a cigarette? And they were like, yeah, let's do that once people stop switching heights. Like, that's how <laughs> fucked up I want to be. <laughs> What I mean, like completely <laughs> forlorn, lost at sea. And then eventually you just kind of like teeter down back to reality and have 24 hours where you have to kind of like pinch yourself to make sure that it's real. But then it's just like a reset and you go on about your life. That is okay. One, I, I love, I love setting your boundary. I love having a boundary that is like beyond what people think like acceptable boundaries are, yeah. but it's like still a boundary for you. You're like, it's four times a four year. Four times a year. And within the confines of that four times a year, I'm going to rip myself in half. Absolutely. And then the rest of the time, I'm like, you know, sometimes like teetering a K-hole or I'll like do things at home if it's fun. But like four times a year, it's kind of like on or around every solstice. Yeah. When the seasons change, I am inevitably changing this as well. Is like, this is the thing about all ravers and partiers is they are literally a one trip on a crack in the sidewalk to being a full-blown witch. Oh, and wholeheartedly. Are, but no, like, absolutely. Like you, I'm like, oh, this is all Wicca. Like, no, <laughs> it literally is paganism, and I've fully given myself schizophrenia for my lifestyle choices. I'm like, did everyone else hear that? Like, my, like, cochlear glands are, like, not fully functioning anymore. It's like, I have torn a hole through the space-time continuum so often. I have seen the alien language, like, tear out in the sky above me that now I'm like, do I really have to go to work? Do I really have to do this? But that's just my method to making this reality that I didn't consent to easier for me. Yeah. It's like, I just have to like do DMT four times a year. <laughs> and it smells bad. How do you handle having been someone who has like 
broken through on GMT and seen the gods when someone, when you're serving a table, is like, this wine is bad. Like, <laughs> it honestly makes it easier. Yeah. Because I just know that, like, okay, I know that you when you- You literally have done everything in your life better than me, honey. It's crazy. When you sit down at the bar at Kindred, where I work, shout out Kindred. Wait, fun fact, okay, fun fact. Honey replaced me at yes. Kindred. Yes, Jake it gave me my job. Uh, it's it was, so serendipitous, Jake. It was truly psychotic. So the full story, wait, we should have already talked about this. Please. Okay. So Honey is truly one of my favorite comedians on the internet and in New York City. You're you. one of the funniest people I've ever met. My best friend, David, who at this point you have met. Yes. Early TikTok, like when I don't even know if I was making videos right. yet. Back when it was the best. Totally. And I Back hate when it was so like just, like when it was like musically. No, yeah, back when it was like you had broken through on DMT. Totally. Like I would see the wildest shit there no, 100%. and I miss it. Like yes. I was not seeing, the thing about it was, was like. People were making homemade napalm. It was like, yeah, It was so like, intense. It was just crazy because it was like the algorithm hadn't figured out how to cull out the weird shit yet. And, and there wasn't you, like SpawnCon. No. And yeah. if you weren't into like the dancing Charlie D'Amelio Addison Ray shit, it didn't show you anything remotely near that. And it was like, it was like if truly, 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 Early YouTube, Vine, and E-Bombs world had had a baby. Genuinely, like, genuinely. Like it was the what, wild, it was like wild, wild west. west. And so, like, and I think that's why I didn't even start posting videos yet. Because I was like. Where do I fit in here? Where do well, I fit no, in? No, because I was like, I think to make these, this content, you have to be in a disassociative state. Which and I, you like, do. I mean, it was COVID, so I was, like, cusping on it. But, like, totally. <laughs> anyway, David sent me this video of you. And, like, this is textbook. Reacting to someone cooking bacon-crusted salmon. Yes. Yes, <laughs> I, yes, I was. And, and I have never received more death threats in my entire life than when I just simply laid out that I thought that pairing this bacon-crusted salmon, which also had, like, slices of lemon, lime, and orange on it. Oh, it, it, it was crusted with, like, candied bacon. Yes. And then I thought that the biggest affront to my gastronomical heritage was that he paired it with, like, a very milk toast rosé. Yeah. As if that was going to, like, clear the air of the damage you have done to this, like, sacred fish. It was wild. People were pissed. Yeah. Pissed. <laughs> pissed. Pissed. So mad at me. And I was like, sorry, I have taste. But I followed you immediately. And Thank then, you. But also was, like, aware that you lived in Seattle. Right. And so it was like, this will be a person I follow on the internet for years to come. And then at some point... Oh, I know what it was. I remember, then you followed me back. Yes. Became obsessed. Became Mutual clinically obsessed. obsessed. And then I think the reason, the reason I finally DM'd you was I was at Bushwig Pride last year. Yes. And I walked up to three different people from the back thinking it was you because everyone had the bleach mullet. Absolutely. And I, on totally. the third person, was like, okay, so they're not here. Right. I just need to text them and be like, hey, like, tell me if you're here because I've approached three separate people that I was certain were you. Right. And then Less you were like, phobia. no, but I am actually moving to New York. And yes. I was like, incredible. You, you divinated it. And then like my, I was, it, it was like an apparition of like future me. Yeah. At Bushwick. That's what it was. Yes. yes. And then you, are you going this year? No, should I? It's day party on Saturday. It's fun. Okay, I'll go. Come. Great. It'll be fun. Um, and um, so then you came and you literally were like, you like you texted me and you're like, I'm coming to the show you're on this yes. Saturday. I was like, perfect. It was like the week I had left Kindred and my GM came to also see me for fun. Right. No one asked like this. I did not organize this. It no. was truly serendipitous. And then we all went out for a drink after and 
I was like, do you need a job? And then you were like, yeah. yeah. And then you went to the bathroom and I turned to Charlotte and I was like, they need a job and they're dope. And, and then I got hired. And in the bar. In the bar. It it's was so serendipitous. Perfect. And I'm always like, Jake got me this job. Like Jake was the one who got my first New York City serving bartending job where I get to work with like Charlotte, who I'm obsessed with. And this like really fabulous, caring, lovely group of people. Yeah. It couldn't have been like a better first gig for me to get once. Well, landing. that was why I was so excited to like get you in there because I because I was like, this will actually save you from the curse of like- Bartending in Times Square. Bartending in a hotel in <laughs> And like just the hell Eerie. of that. And like all the shit I went through, I was like, let me just get you a place where it's like good people. Yeah. And like, I'm not, it's not like, it's not like it's not gonna solve all your problems and it's like still hard. It's no matter what restaurant you work in it's when you're hard. trying to be a comedian. It's so fucking hard. So it is like, hard. It just like objectively is, but I was like- And this I feel is like we should speak to that. Oh, yeah. Okay, also, because we got on this tangent because you were like, how has your um, oh, yeah, quarterly is- DMT training assisted you when people are really annoying at work? <laughs> but I was just going to say that recently I had someone sit at my bar and just, like, not open his phone or the menu and just ask me for soup in June. Just ask me for soup, which we don't have. But I literally heard the DMT horns that signal that you're about to, like, break through and, like, meet Anana. And <laughs> I was just like... We don't have soup, yeah. you know? And then I'm able to come from a grounded place that's not like, there's no judgment, there's no rage, there's no hatred. It's just like you clearly haven't had that happen to you. So you think you can just demand soup everywhere you go, and we don't have soup. So instead he went, okay, can I have a margarita? And I said, yes. Pivot. The pivot. And I was like, I actually can do that. (laughs) That I can do. But I think that being a server when you're a comedian, it's both like, it's challenging because you don't have all of your nights. Yep. So I've my, the, the only part. job I've ever had in my life is server. That's the only job I've ever had. It's I didn't. It's just it's all that I've ever done because I don't come from any money. And when you are serving or bartending at good restaurants, you can only work three nights a week. You yeah. know, you can only work three to four nights a week, and then have more of your time. And then I also like if you wake up at like you know ten after getting off work late, you still have like. 10 to 3 to get shit done, work out, write. You know, you still have, like, more of your time that's allocated to you. Whereas when I, I feel like when you work a 9 to 5, you're at work and then you're at work again. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to find that balance. But I do always feel like I'm behind. I'm behind everyone. I can't. I have to say no to shows sometimes because they're not paying. Like, it's fucking intense. It's, it's so intense. Yeah, I mean, it's I, – and I don't – there's, like, no answer. No. It's, like, so – it's so hard. And, like, I remember – a big thing for me was like when I got to New York and started doing it, I, I have, I, I feel like I, I feel like I've said this in the podcast before, maybe I haven't, but it's like, I remember like getting to New York and like so naively sort of thinking that like, yes, it's going to be hard, but like everyone's in it and you're in it together. Like everyone's hustling and broke and trying to make money. And then you find out that like Incorrect. rich kids want to do comedy. Yes. And so I remember like I went through this period. I like so vividly remember all of this when I was starting to realize like how many of the people I was coming up with in comedy had all bills paid. Like totally. rent, food, drinks, credit card paid. Right. And I was like money in the account every month. And we were friends and they were and they were doing well and they were funny. But and I was like frankly like heartbroken and furious. Yes. Because I was yes. like I and I truly was like I think like because I kind of went through this period where I like gave up and then like came back and I feel so lucky. Like I truly feel like I got oh, like I a didn't second know chance. That. Okay, yeah. cool. And and by gave up, I mean, like, d- 
decided I like moved my goal, my my goalpost, like three quarters of the field down. To totally. Football reference, don't want to freak out. But it like <laughs> I'm literally screaming. <laughs> Crying, I'm throwing up. You think about it while you eat your your sis frozen when you're later. I'm like, okay, honestly, like three goalposts. I know what that means now because I'm having like a raspberry vanilla swirl. <laughs> but it's like, I moved my goals of what I was look like looking for in life so much closer because I was like, it's the thing of regret where I was like, I don't want to feel like a failure in life. But now those those feel impo- impossible because the people who are gonna get there are the people who don't have to deal with all of this shit right now. Totally. And so I gave up on a lot. I like sacrifice. I forfeited a lot of like my dreams I think at the time and it was like subconscious and conscious and then when the pandemic hit and like I started to like move my comedy and become a little bit more successful in a different way I was like wait absolutely not and like moved it thank back. god but, thank like, god I know but like the thing is like it's just one of the things that held me back the most not even just like the not even having to do the job and saying no to the shows and saying no to this and that and not being able to go to this party and meet these people was the rage I had for the people who could. Absolutely. I was, and that, Absolutely. that was the thing I had, that was like the final step before I was able to start like actually enjoying comedy again where I was like, I can't be furious at these people. I can't hate these people who I've never fucking met yep. for taking an opportunity that I absolutely would if I had been in that position. Like, what are they going to do? Do you totally. know what I mean? But and I but I had I had visceral rage towards them. Yep. And I had to release it. I was like, you that is absolutely. energy, that is precious energy yes. that you need to be putting into your own shit because your rage like your rage and doesn't hatred, bring you any closer to what you want. No, and it feels so powerful that you think it might touch them, and it's literally not no, in their atmosphere. No, it doesn't. Atmosphere. They don't so care. You're, you're they literally being, don't care about you. They literally poor. don't. No, they don't care. Poor. No, you're poor. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care about poor. No, I've had to do that too. Where you have to just like it. the genuine. I have to just accept where I am, where I'm at, what I've been given. And just also not have this like, and I also think that the rage then kind of like holds hands with the imposter syndrome and also then gives me this like really nasty like chip on my shoulder. Like, you know, I can think that I'm better than someone who was born with a silver spoon, probably because I am. But I also just think that I have to know that I like do deserve what they have and I like do deserve what they've created for themselves with the help that they've been offered and so I think just having that acceptance that release like you're saying it just like offers us more space to build what we want to build yes so fuck off whatever truly fuck off yes and it's also like and I think that's also I'm glad that your dad is like president of like Nabisco like I don't care whatever like you like you know what veil is I don't to me, the only veil that I know is V-E-I-L. <laughs> yes. You know, like the sacred veil that you like pierce to like talk to God in the <laughs> eyes. I don't know about veil in Colorado. And no. maybe I never will. Totally. Like, and it's like getting, it's also like a lot of the shit I was feeling about those people was so projected. And this actually ties, wait, I'm going to, I'm going to tie this into going out as well. Okay. Because I feel like I've also done this at times with like, the cool people in a scene or like at a bar or like in a, in a, in a social scene where I've like projected my, if I like, I've, I've labeled as the, them as the ones that have been given like whatever the silver spoon in that situation is. So is that having like a psychotically hot body? Sure. Is that being like working at the cooler bar? Totally. Is that like whatever there's like, a, there's a hundred iterations of what like the silver spoon could be. Is it right. like actual fiscal privilege? Like whatever. It's like, 
I you also have to like admit that you part of it what is actually happening is also you actually projecting the things you hate about yourself mm-hmm. onto them and then claiming that they are perceiving it of you and projecting it at you. Totally. And that's like literally not happening. No. And then it's you, not. and then without fail, every time you meet these people, you're like, oh, they're actually cool. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Even like the rich kids, even if we are talking fiscal privilege, like they can be like lame or kind of like bubbled, but like they're rarely evil. Their parents are evil. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes they're evil. Sometimes they're evil, but like- No, but I also think that building people up to be these like megalomaniacs we're, we're in which they often aren't. It's just a way that we're trying to protect ourselves too. You know, yes. it's like, I'm just trying to like protect myself from this other that I feel othered by when in actuality it's way, it's it's institutions, it's like hegemony. It's like yeah. very rarely just these like individual people that like you're saying, we project this hierarchy on when in actuality it's like way bigger systems of oppression that are making us <sighs> feel alienated from people that we really could like build and have fun with and like laugh with and yeah. collaborate with. One okay. So you were saying earlier like And my you- favorite cocktail was probably a um <laughs> pisco sour. Wow. <laughs> Yum. Uh, yummy. Yeah. Um egg white or no? Egg white. Classic. Obviously. Um <laughs> protein. <laughs> I like having protein at the bar. To be a queer and not say the, the chickpea come over the, the aquafaba. aquafaba. No, I can't. I couldn't think of the actual term. Totally. The uh, chickpea nut. <laughs> I'll take either, but I prefer an egg white. Yeah. Because it's it's like, I it's so intense. It's so intense. It's so intense that you're drinking an egg right now. Yes. Oh, it's like really powerful. It's viscous. Wait. Okay, but uh, you were mentioning like when you like to go out, like you like to become ether, like yeah. lose yourself. That's fascinating to me because I've honestly been thinking, I've been like doing a lot of like self-analysis, but like, Okay, like, I'm someone who likes to drink and I like to go out. And I also like, love to eat at restaurants. Well, that, we'll get into that I'm very, yeah. This episode should be three hours long. It might be. It's like. It, this is like the Godfather. <laughs> this is like Ben-Hur. This is the Irishman. Absolutely. The, like, the, I feel like as someone who is a big personality and has, like, security in that. Right. The idea of ethering, like, becoming, is, like, a little scary to me. I know, but when you're at the club, there's the only... I also think that as an entertainer, as someone who like really, really takes my role as conductor so seriously as maestro, as someone who's coming to my show, it's my responsibility to kind of like hold the thread over that 90 minutes to make sure that you're leaving lighter than when you came. That's so important to me that I also love to surrender that responsibility to someone else. We've we've talked about this. We've talked about this as like a host or yes. like of like restaurants or bars. Absolutely. Like it's, like it's why, do you think that's why you love going to restaurants? That's also why I love going to restaurants. I love being like, I love someone taking my hand and like guiding me through an experience. That's also why I like being bartender more than server, I think, because you, you're kind of like responsible for flow in a more hands-on way because you're both like greeting guests and curating their experience while you're also like, giving the item to someone else, especially when you're a bartender at a restaurant, you're yeah. kind of like, you're, you're, your legs are working to totally. But then when I become ether, I'm going out to the club or going to a rave, I'm just surrendering myself and my time and my experience to somebody else. It's like who I am is now irrelevant. It's not like when you get to be like the best fucking sexiest, funniest customer when I'm going out to a friend's restaurant. You know, it's like they're like your personality 
sexuality is also part of the experience that you're having because you get to kind of like make everyone's day a little better because when, like when industry comes eat at a restaurant, like you're making everyone's day better. But here it's like, I'm, I don't, I'm silent. I don't oh, speak. Wow. I just am. Okay. As someone who has like tried literally time and time again to like enjoy a techno moment or like. You might as not like the music. Well, what about jazz? Well, like, no, I don't no. know. <laughs> I just like, I do like love, I guess like, I well, I guess what? Okay. I have like multiple responses. I think the only way I I ever, have multiple responses. I, <laughs> Two. I think the only, you have multiple responses to me, like false starting a sentence <laughs> yes. three times. You're like, I have a lot of analysis there. No, but it's like, literally, <laughs> it's like, I think I've only experienced what you're talking about dancing honestly to like top 40 pop. Oh my God. Like, that's beautiful I think, though. Like, wait, like, wait, I need to get my phone. Please. I was at a wedding this weekend. I need to read you verbatim these text messages that I sent my boyfriend from the, from. Cause your the, boyfriend loves the club. So yeah, my boyfriend does not really do top 40 mainstream pop and does techno hard. Like even at like the gym, he's listening to techno and like. Totally. And he goes to these parties that I'll go to. We've had, just had to go to a point now where I'm like, will I remotely enjoy this or no? And like, if it's no, I don't want to go because I'll either not have fun or what I'll do is I'll end up like doing a drug I didn't actually feel like doing or whatever. Right, and, and then having just, a bad time. Or having a good time, but I can't, drugs make me feel, uh, certain drugs like make me feel really bad the next day. So totally. I don't, some it's great and some. It's not. Yeah. Um, can you tell how acutely aware I am that my mom listens to this podcast? <laughs> totally. Um, where Hi, Miss Cornell. <laughs> Um, wait, where are these text me- where are these text messages that I sent? Please find them. I sent Nathan. I also text messages. do I see your boyfriend out and about sometimes. So at first I was gonna wait, be you like need to go say hi. I had to go say hi. But I'm high. So sometimes it's hard to kind of like bridge that gap. He'll be fine. To he will be so like the fact that you like are like taking time to like see him and he will appreciate it. Okay, that. great. Because at first I was gonna be like, well, maybe it's not good techno, but I see your boyfriend out and no. he has good taste. Well, the other thing about it is like that to me, I'm not trying to say like good techno doesn't exist, but I actually can't perceive the difference. In my mind, every single time I've gone to a techno party, the exact same song has played. Do you know okay. what I mean? Like I actually- I, I am just like a dog where can only hear like a certain pitch that you can't hear. I think that, but it's like, it's you know how it's like- It's different hearing. It's like how like it, the Inuit people have like 10 different words for snow. So when they see snow, they like literally see different snow. Yes, it's like that. It's like that where I just, I call, I always like, I'm like, how are the ringtones? Like totally. to me, it's all ringtones. <laughs> how are the hit clips? But like, I like top 42, <laughs> but- only, but not really, but not contemporary. Okay. But I can, but I, I love like Jesse Ware, yeah. Kylie Minogue, Madonna. So I guess what I'm trying, but when, I like Ariana, Nikki. Okay, wait here. I found the text messages. Okay, I'm ready. 9.53 PM, which is, you're only allowed to be this fucked up that early if it's at a wedding. wedding. I don't know what is happening, but I'm like drunk at this wedding. Not like psycho drunk, but a little drunk. And I can't stop thinking about how much I love Lady Gaga. And it's making me cry. Like everyone's dancing. And oh I'm God. crying, thinking about how much I love Lady Gaga. And but I, I love was, Lady Gaga. I was in the middle of this dance floor with tears running down my eyes thinking about how much I love Lady Gaga. Hey, have you always loved her? Were you like a teen? It was specifically when she did. The moment I fell in love with Lady Gaga was the VMA performance of Paparazzi that okay. I believe is 2008. So that's when early Gaga. It's ble- and, and I liked Just Dance and I liked Poker Face, but yes. it wasn't like, 
especially because those videos still have no, like kind of paparazzi. Been... I have goosebumps. Like, no. even thinking that song is fucking good. Yes. So paparazzi is really when it happened for me, and then from then on, it only got more and more intense. I love Lady Gaga as a cultural figure for many reasons, but one of the main ones is because she's just an annoying fucking theater kid. Yeah. And I really just like she is like if Leah Michelle got to be famous in that way. Like we all know a <laughs> Stephanie Germanata. Yes. You know what I mean? Like we all went to high school with some bitch who like held the note out longer. So you would like hear how on pitch she was. Yeah, but she's like, I'm gonna she's like, I'm gonna do that, but also be as talented and work as hard to back it up to give you everything. No, like and she is what. a star. She's just a I, fucking star. And I love her voice. Yeah. I love her face. I love whatever like I love her new mouth. Yeah, she's, she's incredible. She's aging really fucking well. I love every I love everything she does. I find because now what she's what like 36, 37? I yeah, probably. Probably. And she kind of is just dressing like a Zara mom. You know? <laughs> she's now in like a white blazer and like skinny jeans and like kind of like a cheap looking bralette. Yeah. She's looking hella jersey. Yeah. And I like it. Yeah. She's like smoking pot. I've watched the five foot three documentary probably three times. It's so good. I love it. I love it. It's so her good. like getting like acupuncture and like writhing in pain because yes. she has What's it called? Like osteoporosis? Um, fiber, yeah, she has fibromyalgia. And she's like getting acupuncture, like hysterically crying. And, and also because her album leaked. No, yes. but it's like, but it's like, the, okay, so to like tie back what you were saying, it's like when I go out and that's the kind of music, like uh, that music feels so intimate, like in like intrinsic to me that yes. I like can fully lose myself in that's it. That's beautiful. I think that techno to me, I'm so, I don't know the language and I don't get it and I don't have words to connect to and right. I don't have characters to connect to. No, totally. That I, don't fall into it. And so I feel so, per not like perceived like everyone's looking at me, but it's like the opposite where I don't lose myself. I'm so hyper aware. Cause you're trying to I, listen to a language you don't have context for. I'm so like, techno makes me so like aware of every person around me. Like I can't lose myself into it. Wow. But I'm hearing you say that that's like the point. I'm like, oh, that's what I'm doing wrong is I'm like looking for meaning in it when it's like the point is like, Absolution. Like. Totally. But I mean, as an annoying Sagittarius, absolution and meaningful are just, are also synonyms. You know, it's like in the nothing there is everything. But that's just what I've always been able to like intrinsically access you, since I was someone, a teen. Yeah, like you to me are someone who fully believes and knows that the world is ending in five years and am not are not worried about it. I am like I am soaked. <laughs> I'm like really excited. Well, that's also something that I do say all, I'm like, when I say like we're running out of time, I really like don't mean that lightly. I think that I'm on the record. We're in the last five years that any of us who are not billionaires can go on planes. Whoa. In my opinion. I okay. know that's really intense to say. And I, but I really, I really do believe it. Like, I just think that like the earth is like fully trying to like turn over and I will be gripping onto the cement as hard as I can. I want to live. Yeah. I really want to see it through. If there's like an ice age in 10 years, I'm going to be out there and like a loincloth, like carrying a yak, like above my hands. <laughs> like I'm going to be like mating with a saber toothed tiger to create like a weird, like hybrid human bear. Yeah. Like, I'm going to see it through. Yes. But no, we only have five years left, and I'm not scared. Okay. It'll You're just scared. Be, um, In between. I have, it's it's just like, obviously I don't want to see people die. <laughs> like no. I do just believe, I just, my whole thing, and this is how I feel about like religion too. Yes. Is like, I have no idea. There, we have no idea. Or that's not true, because we do know what's going to happen, because science. Absolutely. 
I have no idea what how it's going to play out for me and the people in my life. And I'm just, all I can do is like, I, like just trust that I will deal with it in time. And like, because yeah, I have no way of predicting what it's gonna be. Totally. And you're like highly beloved and very cared for. And you have like, a, you have a network of family and friends. Oh my God, literally imagine if I earnestly said right now, what if I was like, I know, I really believe that the apocalypse is happening soon. I just think I'm going to be popular enough to get through it. Uh, people are going <laughs> to choose me. And I would be me. like, People are going to choose snaps, me. Absolutely. The ultimate pick me is to be like, oh, like I do know that like. Totally. <laughs> it'll be like women and children and Jake first. Like, like, <laughs> like we're getting on the boat. Like, let's go. <laughs> well, I always say that a marker of dystopia is that growing old is no longer promised. Yeah. And that has been a reality for like other people in more marginalized groups than you or I for much longer. I think yeah. that like our contemporary reality has like constantly been a dystopia for many people, but now it's like for everyone. Yes. Now it's like literally, it's like we're just here. Yeah. And I don't know why for whatever reason, creator decided that you and I and Penny Lane and the producer <laughs> had to be like born during this time. And like, this is what we need to be accessing, but oh well. Yeah. Totally. And the first dish that I ever ate that really made me <laughs> love going out <laughs> was probably my father's calves liver. He would make it his restaurant, Jackie's Bistro. Wait, your father had a restaurant? Yes. That's wow. how it so all began. The That's the origin industry. story. My dad is like a gregarious. We just transitioned actually on that. So people are going to think the podcast <laughs> audio was fucked up. Like people are going to rewind and go back. And like what just happened? I'm just really obsessed with the fact that you remember Penny Lane's name and not mine. <laughs> oh, is it Kim? Katie. Katie. That was close. <laughs> it's always going to be easier for you to remember a dog's name. <laughs> but I also, I am just actually so queer and so trans that the name Kim, I'm like, did you say kite? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, like, are you, are you saying like kefir? Yeah. Like names that were given to you by your family, like I actually no longer can like access as true. But like yeah. Penny Lane, I'm like, I actually like know a girl. You know, yeah, yeah, Penny you Lane. need a noun. I need a noun. I need a noun. <laughs> Wait. Yes. So, wait. Thank you for seeing me. <laughs> Okay, wait, so this also, I didn't realize this. You yes. were raised in the restaurant. Raised in the restaurant industry. My dad is a gregarious, half French, half Italian man who moved to Chicago from France to like open a restaurant. And that's what he did. And that's where I, that's like where his money came from. Until 2008 when the market crashed and his restaurant closed, and then he went like completely ballistic and out of my life for the rest of my life. That's what was happening from birth to 2008. Okay. So I was like 14. Okay. And were you working in the restaurant when you were a child? Yes. Wow. Well, I was also like, you know, the I like- I know it's bad, but I like, when someone's like, I was, I, I was used to violate child labor laws. I'm like, I respect that so no, much. No, same. Like, no, literally same. <laughs> so He's bad. like, my wife and my children work in my restaurant because I don't have to pay them. Yep. I was like, you're so smart. <laughs> but I was also like drinking Shirley Temples at the bar with a bartender, Sharky, like playing tic-tac-toe with the tables. Like I got to be like the cool child who was eating like foie gras and mussels and like escargot. Oh God, of course you were raving by the time you were 15. You were like, yeah, I did this shit when I was nine. I was drinking like Bordeaux when I was four. It's like I needed to <laughs> level up eventually in my life. So, so was it a yes. higher end restaurant? It was like a brasserie. So like Ooh. in so like in that like price range where like you, you can ball out, but you can also be economical if you want to. One of I would say one of my favorite kinds of restaurants. Same. That's what Walters is. Absolutely. No, genuinely. I love like a steak frite. I love mussels. I love calves liver. I love escargot. Ooh. I love like a salad niçoise. Where oh. it's also that too where I do have this like, and that's, I have this like elevated 
palate and this like genuine, I'm really food motivated. Like I'm a gourmand. Like I love to eat. Yeah. Like I love to like gorge myself. People are like, I don't like, like, I don't like to eat if I, if I'm full, like I like to eat until I'm sick Yeah, and then be like <laughs> carted out. I'm like sweating. It's yeah. like, I'm like, it's very, um, like old French royalty, you know what I mean? Where they were just like eat all of these like yeah, weren't there like buckets for them to like barf and shit? Exactly. In so they could keep eating, like, like that is like so erotic to me. Like I love that <laughs> shit. But that's how my dad was. That's how like my mom is. Well, her less so because she got very like indoctrinated by diet American culture. diet yeah. cuisine. But it's always been so. Um, aligned with how I like to experience the world is like through my mouth and through tasting. And that's just really where it started. And that's what my only job has ever been. Where have you been enjoying? Cause you're, what are we, are we like eight months into New York for you? Yeah. Um, where have you been enjoying to gourmand? Great question. I um, love Wu's Wonton King. That's where Age had her birthday dinner, yeah. and that was really special. Because also, there's the fanfare, like the whole the giant crab so came out. I mean, it's a show. It's a show. The pig came out. That was amazing. My, I live in Ridgewood, and my favorite neighborhood restaurant in my neighborhood is Porcelain. Okay. Amazing. It's the chef that used to work at Mission Chinese. Opened okay. up her own place, Ooh. Porcelain. It's fucking delicious. Pan Asian. They have this prawn and rice cake dish that I think about constantly. Okay. It's anytime Wait, you want to come to Ridgewood go and we can go out and like have dinner. I love it there. Um, I went to Bonnie's that opened recently. Yep. Like that's fucking delicious. I don't. I'm sensing an Asian skewed palate. Yes, You've definitely. All oh, totally. I'm trying to think of what. I think that's also just kind of what can be more. If you were raised in a French. Oh, I was gonna say if you were raised in a French restaurant, it would make sense to me that like the other side of the world's cuisine would be. More I'm like, let's do more for sure. But yeah. I do love. I mean, I love the food at Kindred. It's so bomb. The food at Kindred is so good. It's literally. What's so your favorite good. Kindred dish? My favorite Kindred dish is the gnocchi bolognese. It's so good. Yeah, it's like pillowy, perfect gnocchi. That's yeah. where I've eaten recently that I can think of that I really. Oh, and. I went to Lamasan with age, like really special, like let's like spend a bunch of money. And that's Peruvian Japanese. Yeah. I went to Contento in Harlem. That's Peruvian food recently. That was fucking amazing. Yeah. I'm so impressed that you've been here eight months and you live in Ridgewood and you've gone to Harlem for a restaurant. Dinner. Totally. That's... Well, cause we have the motorcycle. Through motorcycle, everything's possible. Stop. Yeah. So you're like getting on a motorcycle and riding to a restaurant in Harlem. Mm -hmm. Like that to me is like, could anything be better? No, I mean that's <laughs> no, literally incredible. Literally. And does just age drive it or do you have one? Just age drives it. But I'm trying, I am so lackadaisical and so like not like fearless isn't that to me is like too chewy of a word. No, I'm, but I feel like your body doesn't produce cortisol easily. No, we actually <laughs> went we we were driving back from Harlem, the motorcycle did actually flip over because no. it was raining. And you're right, my cortisol level literally did not spike. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, well, we'll just like push it over to the side and like get back on. And she was like shaking and like throwing up. Yeah, and I was of like, course Whatever. she was. No, my cortisol levels rise when I get a text saying like, we need to talk. That's <laughs> Interpersonal when, drama. Interpersonal drama. I'm like, okay, how do I ground myself? So you would forward? rather flip on a motorcycle than accidentally text someone that you're talking about? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I don't have time for a mishap. It really just, it's too much work to get out of. Yeah. I, yeah, like I actually feel similarly where I'm actually pretty good in a crisis. Like I do think I'm someone that's pretty yeah. good in a crisis. But I if sense I that of you. flub a interpersonal exchange. I want to die. I can list every single time it's happened in the past yeah, 10 years same, of my life. Same. I saw someone 
they don't listen to this podcast. I feel fine saying this. I saw someone. It was the second time I was meeting them, and they're like the relative of someone else in my life. So it's like okay. who's like a someone I really care about, and so it's like they're gonna show up throughout my life. You know what I mean? Like I'm always gonna be like tangentially sort of near this person. And I was like, and I was like. Oh, she was like, it's so nice to see you again. Where did we meet? And I was like, we met at that fucking bizarre birthday party. And she was like, my birthday party. <gasps> <laughs> and I was like. I would lose my shit. It was, it was so tough. I would lose and, my I mean, shit. There was, like, we're done. It, the thing was, it was so black or white that I was like, I'm sorry. sorry. Like, there's no I'm like, sorry. oh my God, wait, no. I mean the other party we met at. Like, you it's just like, I just objectively said. Like, the blunder is the blunder. And it was so so tough. The worst ones are when I accidentally do something that that with a service person, and yeah. now I've been perceived as a rude patron. But even the best patrons, which you absolutely are, make mistakes. No, I know. One time I went, like, one time this guy, I think this is my worst one. I, like, have, like, total agit about this, and it's been, at this point, I think literally seven years. But I was at this restaurant. It's uh, it's that place that's, like, really popular for brunch in Williamsburg. Katie, what's it called? It's, like, something leaves four leaves. Do you know what I'm talking about? Five leaves? No. Whatever. I don't believe in brunch. No, I was saying. Yeah. And that's actually probably why I flubbed this up because I was like off kilter because I don't uh, normally go to brunch. Why am I at brunch? And I'm sitting on the patio and he was like, hey, can you guys get, or he was like, hey, can I get you guys a drink? And I was like, fuck, I did the annoying thing where I like, ha- I've been at this table for five minutes and I haven't looked at the menu. So I, what I was trying to say was like, oh my God, literally just give me like one second, like, because I'm like so sorry that I haven't totally. looked at the menu yet. And I instead went, oh my God, totally, can I get like a second? <gasps> And he was like, sure. And, and you walked were like, away. And I'm I actually so sorry. And I actually was like, and like the minute it happened, I like don't remember the brunch because I was like panic attack the rest of the I was like, uh, you were like I was like totally I, I was not like, functioning. I was like, I hope he spits in this. I hope he shits on my waffles. Like right. I hope he like Like I hope, I that hope he, he like takes the locks, so, like rubs it underneath his armpits. Yes, I hope like when I see the car coming to end my life in six months, it is him behind the wheel. And I'm like, like bye. I'm like, Literally. And I was like, I once I told a child in my section I loved his makeup and his dad said he wasn't wearing any. <laughs> so that's my worst one. I think about that every night before I fall asleep. Wait, like what? It was just that he was like rosy cheeked. No, he like had some sort of like skin condition <gasps> that like made oh. it look like he had. It looks like like giraffe. Like, you know when you get like your face painted at the fair like a giraffe. Yeah, that's what it looked like. And it was like around Halloween, so I was like, oh my god, cute costume. Love your makeup. And he was like not wearing any. <laughs> Oops. That's and then I, I donated my tips for the day. Um, to a camp for kids with congenital skin diseases. Because <laughs> I felt so bad. No, you could literally feel the karma on your Like, back. I you felt like, so bad. I, and I was that like... That is... Uh, I'm done. Nice. I'm keeping everything to myself. I'm keeping my hands and my feet inside the car. You just can't say anything. You can't talk about anything. No, it's, hey, it's, you can't talk about anything anymore. No, nah, you know culture. what? <laughs> you really can't talk about anything anymore. Um, That is so brutal, though. It was literally miserable. I wanted to die. Yeah, but it's like... I do find those, do you know what it is? Do you know what's actually why I think it's so stressful? It's because everything about that was 2000% within my control. Totally. It's like we were to look outside right now and a meteorite with a dinosaur in it crashed through that I'd building. I'd be like, what are you going to do? Would, I would truly be what like, are you gonna do? I would go into a crisis mode of like, I'm going to react to this, but like there's only so much I can do because like if, 
if Dino wants to kill me, like he's I'm probably out. gonna get it. I think it's also just part of being a personality where it's like I <laughs> want to curate who I am and how I'm being perceived 99.99% of the time because it's like, will you come to my show? Will you support my art? Will you support yes. my work? Will you listen to this podcast? You know, it's like, oh, we ex- we are walking resumes. We exist as a, you know, it's like as saying yes or no to who I am as a person as you saying yes or no to my art or like, you know, wanting to support me in my endeavors. So it's intense yeah. when there's flubs. Yeah. It's a I lot. had oh this I opened I was sending out a work email this morning for something I'm filming, and like I, someone reached out to me about a thing I'm like filming that like was not a person I had spoken to yet because they had to ask me a question about something, and I responded and then I had to like send them another thing today and when I looked my I didn't realize that my iPhone had auto corrected the name to like a name that is like of the opposite gender and totally different oh no and I was like I don't know this person and I've like flipped their gender and. For some said, disturbing and, reason. And I just had to like start the email being like, hey, just like at the top, I need to apologize. Totally. Was it like, was a weird autocorrect. Like, I want to die. No, <laughs> like, that is so bad. But it's like that shit, I find that more stressful Same. than if Cloverfield herself came Literally. out of the Hudson right now. And like came if like me. an alien was absorbing me through her cloaca, I would be like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Like no. it's already happening. It's already That's happening. The thing is like, I'm so good at that. Like, like Nate and I, like the difference between Nate and I is like Nate, is very much not stressed out by the things that are within his control. Like, he, the apartment has, like, is a little messy. He'll clean it up. Totally. But, like, things that are totally out of his control literally cripple him with fear. Absolutely. For me, I'm like, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, that's not out of my control. That's out of my control. I can't deal with, like, I can do my part. That's why I'm not scared of flying. I, I actually have come around where I'm not afraid of flying anymore. Oh, but you were. I was... I was, but you know what I was afraid of flying for? This is so sweet. I Please. actually, wait, this is a great example. This ties in, one time I was bartending and there was a first date at the bar that was like going well, but not great. And I was like, let me zhuzh and try to like get their experience. Okay. Going. So I like zhuzh a little. I'm like talking to them both, kind of like getting the conversation flowing a little bit more. And he was like, get this. She's a, she's a, um, she's a pilot. Isn't that so cool? Like she's a private, a private plane pilot. And I was like, oh, that is a really cool job. Totally. And she was like, she goes, she was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm actually so afraid of flying, which like I already shouldn't have said. And she was like, why? And I hadn't really thought about it. And then I go, I guess it's just that flying is really one of the only ways to die violently where there's a period of time before you die where you know you're going to die. And they both were like, Oh. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I was like, I just ruined this date so bad. But that is the reason I'm why. Obsessed. No, that's <laughs> that a good is, reason. That is the reason. That's why. a good reason. Definitely. Um, I also just conveniently said that at the moment where we do need to end the episode. I'm like, wait, perfect. Wait, okay. It's all going no, no, down. Okay, but wait, let's plan, let's plan our night out together. Please, I would love okay, to. So I I'm gonna nominate, I'm happy to take you out in bedstuy, but you already do the show in bedstuy, so I feel like you're getting your bedstuy experience. I don't go to Ridgewood enough. Okay. So I would come to Ridgewood. Okay, great. If we were going to have a night out, we would go to Porcelain, yep. which is delicious. We would get their Korean-inspired fried chicken, where you Ooh. get the, like, the little crepes that you can make a yeah, little crepe like with. The, yes. Okay. With, 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 like, mint and basil and, like, yeah, lemon shoots. Like, so good. And then we would have that, split a bottle of wine, gab, laugh hysterically, get to know each other even deeper, just, you know, really create beautiful connection in our already bubbling relationship. Yes. And then, I mean, I love to sit at a bar and drink. Yeah. And just gab. So then we would go to Aunt Ginny's, which is also in Ridgewood, close to my place. 
and we would just drink. Oh, I do tequila sodas. What do you do? Gin and sodas. Okay, great. So we would just have our liquors and our soda. And then if we get hungry again, they have a really late kitchen that's open until one. You can get like a fried chicken sandwich. Or you can get like fried halloumi. Oh, so sorry. Halloumi good. is my fucking I shit. love halloumi. Okay, we would get the fried halloumi and like sweet chili dipping sauce. Yeah, I'm trying to keep halloumi quiet because I feel like it's it's going to be the new thing that the girls no, are all seriously, over. No, seriously. But there's annoyed. nothing better than no, fried know, halloumi. It's shut the so fuck up. fucking good. Like, <laughs> we're not getting that because you can't get it because it's like, you know, the tariffs import export. So we would get that. And then, you know, if we wanted to, and if I could convince you, we could walk back deeper into Ridgewood and we could walk to nowadays. Maybe it's like a Wednesday. So there's like house music playing or something that's a little less like, um, uh, cerebrally um, invasive, yep. such as techno can be. Yeah. You know, maybe it's like an R&B night and we could like go have some more drinks there, go on the patio, chain smoke cigarettes. Yeah, I just need- Do a, a little uh, twirl. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. need lyrics. I do need, uh, I don't need lyrics if it's more disco-y, okay. actually. There's this party I'm obsessed with called Hot For You. That, okay. Wait, I'll text you when the next one is. Please, the, the, we'll it's, go. It's really fun. I love it's disco. At, it's at Parkside Lounge. It's actually like near Kindred. Like oh, perfect. You can work I love fun. Parkside Lounge. Okay, love. Yes. Okay, so love Parkside we'll Lounge. go to the next Hot For You as well because it's very fun and it's like, they're not lyric-y, but it's like, Disco-y, housey. It's just, I can't have it be just like the oons. Totally. So we can do, like, maybe now just having a little disco night. Yep. And we can just have more drinks, have a white label mate and some tequila. Yeah. And then just kiss each other goodbye and be like, wow, what an amazing Wednesday. Oh, my God. Perfect. And we I'm can gonna, do that. And then I'll text you my hangover food in the morning. Oh, please. Yes. What do you eat when you're hungover? I have, you're going to be mad. I'm ready. Because I've become the person who actually, when I'm hungover, I go to the gym. Oh my God, no. I am not mad. Okay, I, I hated that person for so long and now I am that person. I work out. Yeah. I love the gym. I like, I, I, exercising doesn't need to be this like machismo way that we're like better than people because we're like skinny and ripped. No, it's just, literally somatic. I yes, am like reminding, endorphins. as someone who like very, because I think just like body dysphoria, haha, I like forget that anything exists below no. my neck. <laughs> so, but I'm working out. I'm like, I have arms, I have legs, I have a body, I have stomach, I have feet. Yeah. And I'm just making it stronger yes. so it can support me better. Yes. Yes. I love so that. So I actually love that and I like eggs. Those are my two things. Gym and eggs. Yum. Jim and eggs. What's yours? And then we'll end. Um, I'll honestly, you're gonna hate me. I do like a big ass 16 ounce green juice. Okay, that's kale, yeah, apple, celery. Um, like that's it. I respect that. That's what I do. A little bit of pineapple. Oh, mint. I'm so excited. We're actually gonna do this very soon. I'm really excited. Okay, perfect. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Wait, Yay. honey, wait, plug your stuff. Okay. I am Honey Pluton. Find me at all social media at Honey Pluton, Instagram. Twitter, TikTok, book me on your show, and come and come say hi to, to me, come to Honeydew every second and fourth Monday at Come On Everybody. The links are always in my social media. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Going Out with Jake Cornell. If you could please go and rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this on, that would be really gorgeous for me in a huge way. So thank you. And now for some credits. Going Out with Jake Cornell is recorded in New York City and produced by Keith Beavers and Katie Brown. The music you're hearing is by Darby Seesai. The cover art you're probably looking at was photographed by M. Cooper and designed by Danielle Grinberg. And a special shout out to VinePair co-founders Josh Mallon and Adam Teeter for making all of this possible. 